And we are live. Welcome to the FFS podcast. I'm your host, Praddy, and this is episode 13, part one. And today we'll be talking about Captain America. And that's not the Marvel superhero. This is, in fact, a potential Chelsea superhero of sorts. Well, he was somewhat of a superhero this weekend when Chelsea beat, I want to say, Newcastle. Am I right? Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm right. And so joining me on this podcast is a recurring guest. Well, a guest who some of you may know because he was a guest on the show during the first Chelsea episode that we had, which is probably the first week of first week of podcast episodes that we put out. Ashfaq. So Ashfaq, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey guys, this is Ashfaq and uh, I'm going to be speaking for Chelsea. And uh, as we, the, I just need, I'm just going to give a small recap to the previous uh, podcast. Basically, what we're speaking about is uh, what are my, what were my pre-season expectations. And, uh, I had said that, you know, uh, I don't even expect them to finish top six, but uh, looks like things have changed now. It hasn't happened. It. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... Before we get into the topic of today's discussion, um, what did you like? I just want to know how it's been so far as a Chelsea supporter. It's it's been quite a surprise, you know. Like all these so much so, with so much of talent, I thought you know there's talent, but there's no experience. I I was worried, you know, where they're going to finish. But so far, with uh, you know Tammy in front and uh, with so much of talent in the squad, I think we're doing pretty fine, and and. We might even emerge as the dark horses of the Premier League, you know. So I don't, and I'm not saying we'll win the title, but a top four finish seems somewhat likely. I won't say it is very likely because I don't want to have expectations and get disappointed at the end of the season. But I think we're doing much, much better than expected. You know? Yeah, I mean, I I think the whole introduction of youth is not a surprise for anyone because he had to give in the transfer ban, but. I think it's a surprise to everyone how well it's been implemented on the pitch, especially Mason yeah. Mount, uh, Tammy Abraham, and I think at the back, uh, I forget, I keep messing up his name, but it's Timor Tamori, right? Yeah, yeah. So basically, the the thing is, when when a new transfer comes in, they've seen them in other major leagues, and you know they they have an idea of how they how they play. All these guys that are playing for Chelsea, they're all youth teams. They're all from the championship. So, you know, not many have played with them. So, they don't, they don't have, they have this kind of surprise element. And I feel that if, if we continue playing like this, we might, just like how Ajax was in the Champions League, we might be like, that, be that, you know, youth uh, surprise package in, in, in the Premier League. That's, that's what I feel right now, you know, the whole, my whole perspective of this team has changed from the, from the preseason. I suppose so. Like you were talking about youth. I mean, they also have uh, Frank Lampard who's won the Champions League and knows how to win games in Europe. So, it's not like they have uh, an unknown manager or it's completely unknown to them. You know, it's a... He basically knows the team inside out. So, you know, it's 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 not like they're a completely new manager and playing a completely different style. Like, how they had a transition from Conte to Sari. It was a completely 
different styles. So they were struggling to adapt and that's the reason why Sari left too. But what uh, Lampard is doing is he's, he's, mix, he's, he's kind of giving a mixture of both, you know, a defensive kind of style and, a, you know, a, a good, a nice uh, build-up passing play also. So it's, it's kind of utilizing the best of both worlds. So it's kind of working out for now and they're playing fearlessly. Of course, you know there's still there's still stuff to improve on, and uh, we need a we need a transfer yeah. window for that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, the that whole fearlessness you're talking about was definitely shown from day one when they went to, went to Old Trafford and kind of. I mean, yeah, sure, they got battered, but they showed that they on the front foot. They had some fight, you know. It was just it was just an unlucky kind of start because. They had the chances. They just didn't have enough of that experience to finish it off. But then from that 4-0 loss, they have been continuously showing that, you know, we have that fight in us. Even against Liverpool, I expected them to lose like 4-0, 6-0 or whatever. But they, they showed that fight against Liverpool, who are you know, genuine title, title contenders this, this season. If they can show that against Liverpool, I think they can match up against almost any big team in Europe. So, I don't think it's... It's kind of funny that you mentioned both United and Liverpool, because those were the two matches that they kind of went fearlessly and they lost in a way, uh, which shows that there is some room for improvement. There's a lot of room for improvement because they are kind of naive in a way that you'd obviously associate youth teams with. That they're always on the front foot, a lot of enthusiasm, uh, energy, attack, attack, attack. Well, you kind of need that experience at the back to defend. There's there's literally no experience at the back, you know. Stomori, who's very new to the Premier League, you know, he was a championship player, and then there is pretty young, but he he did well in Everton. But you know, it's it's that 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 those performances aren't aren't reflecting over here. He's making a lot of mistakes. But actually, no experienced guy at the back who's you know going to command the defenders. There was Terry before. There was at least Cahill is not that consistent, but he was he at least had that experience to dictate. And yeah. uh, okay. Aspiliqueta is there, but you know he's not. He's not. He's not uh, suited. He's not suiting our uh, fast-paced kind of a game. You know, he's 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 a right back. When Reese James should be starting, he's starting at the right back, and it's not kind of working out. Yeah, I. But you can also say that I mean Rudiger's the only experienced centre back. I mean right back is still okay. We because, but... See, we can say that that Rudiger's Rudiger's really good, but then he's been injured for most of the season. You know, so. He's also not like a amazing, amazing kind of a defender. He's he's played two seasons continuously, but then again, he's also kind of young. He's also not that you know the leader at the back. Yeah. I I suppose and and you rightly said that you probably need a transfer window to to kind of get those that ex- kind of experience that you're looking for. Okay, but now let's shift to the main topic of focus for today. Okay, and talking about, and we spoke about how well Tapney is doing, Mason Mount, surprisingly even Villian is doing pretty decently. You have Jorginho, Kante and Kovacic as well. Oh my God, I have to talk about Kante, my God. He's, he's, he's literally, you know, his attacking play has improved so much from last season. You know, Sari was trying to give him an attacking role and it wasn't working out. Everyone was saying, why are you playing uh, Jorginho in the CDM role and why is Kante playing in the CM role? But it's been working out quite well this season, you know. There's that that recently he scored the goal. It was so beautiful, you know. Against Liverpool, yeah. It was against Liverpool, yeah. No, but is that because I mean, do we have to give Sari some credit because yeah, it obviously 
amount of time to get used to Arun. Because usually Karthi was played in a more defensive role. You know, he was intercepting passes and this and that. He actually gave an idea and Lampard is implementing that same idea. What he's doing, he's just trying it in a different way. That's all. He's just mixing the best of both worlds. He's mixing Conte somewhere and he's mixing Sari where his tactics based on the opponent opponent because since he's already played in the Premier League, he knows exactly how to play against the opponents. So that's what that's what's working out well for Chelsea right now. Alright. So we've been talking about all the other players that have done so well for Chelsea of late, which kind of leaves out one key player that Chelsea signed or well, I think in January that they signed, but he, he came in this summer. And one player that we don't really often mention or not many people have mentioned of late. Obviously, the media have because he's not been playing as much. But Christian Pulisic or Pulisic, I really don't know how you exactly spell uh, pronounce. Yeah. So, first of all, you bought him for $60 million And do you think he was worth that amount of money? In this market, in in this current state of the market, you cannot say anyone is worth the money unless, uh, other than Arsenal, nobody goes for a cheap. Nobody, nobody is getting bargains. Everyone is overpaying everyone. I mean, when uh, Allison and Van Dijk were first bought for uh, for Liverpool, Van Dijk didn't start many games in the beginning, and, but then he proved to be a key player, and and he he actually won the best uh, player award as well. Sorry, no, that was Messi. But then he was in the the final three as well, right? So, he, he won the he won UEFA best. Uh, he won yeah, the UEFA yeah, best yeah. Player. Sorry, yeah. So you know, money is not a factor these days. You know, there's obviously that little pressure, but that's that's kind of become a common thing. You know, sixty million is it's is okay for the market. I mean, he's shown that he's a talented player, and he's hardly started like what three games. And he's played around six games of the. He's played around six games, and out of that, he started like three games. And, and in those three games itself, you can see how how much of an impact he's had. He's he's okay. I'll, if I if I should mention a key a couple of key stats, I can say he's uh, second in in terms of assists, and he's first in terms of chances created, big chances created. And he's first in terms of key passes per minute and fourth in terms of goal contributions. And for just three to six games, which is it's actually a great thing. But This is for Chelsea though, right? Only for Chelsea. Just for Chelsea, yeah. actually. Yeah. In, okay. in, in, yeah. in the squad, he's doing this much. He surely has that spark. You know, he surely has that talent. But not every uh, big money transfer is, is going to start playing immediately. I mean, you see Osman Dembele, right? He was bought for like what one thirty million, and for the half uh, of the season, more than half of the season, he doesn't. He didn't even start the game, and then suddenly he started playing a lot. Now again, they have bought Griezmann, and again he's being benched. But the money is not a matter anymore these days. That's that's the whole. That's just for getting. They just want to get the player they want. They're so just splashing at everyone. So he is not a factor. He has a talent. He has the talent to succeed. He has that spark to succeed. So, he'll surely succeed one day. Okay. Let me frame it to you differently. And let me not put money into this. Do you think he's a player that Chelsea should have bought? Because they didn't know what to expect from the youth team. So, it's better to have one transfer just, just to show that, you know, okay, fine. There's talent in the squad. So, because the, the pressure... I, I, mean, I mean, say that even the youth team... Leave the U team out, but is he a player that Chelsea re- needed? Is he a is he a player that Chelsea required because that position was not filled? 
by any other player did was it a position to be filled and was he a player that he required because you know even for dortmund if if you see he is not played that much of games so there was surely talent but he's not ready to take on a big role just yet you know the role of hazard or someone someone who's someone you know someone who'll make make the whole play revolve around him you know he's not ready to take that role yet just yet he's he's good talent but he still needs time to adapt i feel that's what i feel he's doing good but he still needs time to adapt is what i feel you definitely answered my question and i also felt that uh well it's not a position that you require but i think it was like planning ahead in the sense that you knew that hazar was leaving so you needed a player to not only fill that void but also kind of announce that you are signing somebody to but okay even, even when hazard was first bought he was just he was just another talent you know everyone saw him saw how he was it in 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 lil i don't know how you pronounce it is it lil or lil yeah. lil yeah 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 so everyone saw him as a talent and that time chelsea was kind of in a bad state right they needed they needed a striker they needed someone to you know uh do something they, i mean drogba was there but he was quite pretty close to you know to to his ending ending uh, end of his career so they needed someone yeah. to to fill in the boots and they they didn't know whether hazard was the right one or not they just saw talent and they bought the talent same way they did the same thing with pulisic too i feel they saw talent and they bought that talent so whether he fills uh, the boots of hazard or not that's 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 what we have to see okay but given that you bought him in january now this is a question that i had when you signed him at least in the summer when i is when i had this question lingering in my mind which is the was pulisic a sari signing or a frank lampard signing or it doesn't matter because abramovich would have signed him anyway if it if he was a lampard signing i don't think he would be benched for this long right i mean tammy was tammy completely lost his confidence in middle but he still started a couple of games right so so and also it's not like frank lampard knew he was going to get the chelsea job it was all of a sudden that sari was like okay i'm going to juventus I think it's it's more of a Abramovich signing because Harry had already made, probably made up his mind that you know he's leaving uh, Chelsea, so I don't think he would have signed uh, Pulisic. It's it's a proper Abramovich signing. But, okay, uh, we were talking about talent and how you how Chelsea signed talent without really knowing what, with obviously with a lot of potential, but not really knowing. It's not a guarantee. Yeah, signing. It's always a hit or miss. If you see in the future, I mean, I mean, the past also, they signed Salah. They saw talent in Salah. They signed Salah, but he didn't click. They signed Lukaku too. He didn't click. He, they signed uh, Salah. He didn't click. They just see talent. They buy talent. Sometimes it's 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 a hit. Sometimes it's a miss. So, but Pulisic, at least for the last, at least last season for Dortmund, hadn't been really been playing that many games. He's always benched because they had Jadon Sancho. ripping apart bundesliga and it's so because before jaden sancho he got a lot of game he he got enough game time to prove that he's good the season before jaden sancho you think that last season was more of sancho's rise and promise rather than pulisic going like not being being a se- one season wonder of sorts because because the the before before jaden sancho started rising he was actually playing quite a lot of games and there was actually a lot of hype around him but then once jaden sancho started stealing all that hype 
uh, Pulisic was completely lost. I mean, he was out of the scene, basically. But then even when he played, though the games he played also, he had quite an impact. And one more thing that I had, uh, I'm trying to, yeah, right. So he's only twenty, right? Pulisic. He's I mean, there's a lot of time, a lot of time for he's, him. He's play. even younger than Tammy Abraham, and I think that's something that people kind of forget about him that he's that young because he's played so much in Bundesliga. I think it's the same thing even with Trent Alexander Arnold. Somebody in the England uh, media asked him when they were when they'd gone for international duty. They asked him, "So, are you going to be the?" Uh, elder or the older players, one of the older players for these guys. And he's like, dude, Tammy Abraham and all are older than me. I mean, what are you talking about? So, yes, I, I, do you think though that the whole... So, okay, let me ask you this. So, 60 million, right? No matter what you talk about money, saying it's not important, 60 million is quite a lot of money. And you normally see clubs play a player that long. Do you think it's wise that Lampard's not going the conventional route of playing someone who cost Chelsea a lot of money and giving him that time to what what Lampard is sorry yeah you can continue and and kind of give him that time to embrace the team and obviously train he said he's I think he said that he needs to prove himself in training you think it's like it's a smart move by Lampard by kind of saying listen if I put you play start playing you now right from day one and if you don't buy into what I'm trying to do here in Chelsea, you'll be labelled a flop. Why don't you just take some time to rest? I mean, not rest, but kind of get yourself used to this kind of system that I'm playing and then I will introduce you. It's kind of a system that I think is at Liverpool, Klopp does a lot. He buys Fabinho. He, like Fabinho didn't play until like October, November. Okay, he start, hardly started. And you're like wondering, dude, you just paid 40 million. I mean, that's not a, a small amount of money. You so paid, Van Dijk also. Van Dijk also the same thing. Beginning, he did not start many games. He, I, th- I think he did the FA Cup. He scored the header on his debut, which is, I think, his first game in. But he, yes, he did take time to properly play into the Premier. He didn't play completely, which is true. So, do you think it's a smart move by Lampard that way? I feel it is a smart move because, you know, being an English manager and being... Being so used to the uh, English Premier League scene, he knows how the how the media is, and he know how how the media is quick to you know jump pounce on any player that's that's kind of uh, flopping, and you know screw their mental uh, confidence and their, their mental state. So it's in, in in a good way. I can say he's kind of protecting Pulisic. Once once Pulisic starts firing, it's it's not going to stop, right? So. I think it's 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 a good way. It's a good way that he, what he's doing. See, there's just like you said, whatever uh, he's doing is very similar to what Klopp is doing with with all the signings that he's making. So I completely support his decision. Um, and for Pulisic, okay, do you think that this uh, like Lampard? Fine, you 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 say he's protecting, but he kind of has also singled him out by saying that he's not working that hard to prove himself and be a part of the first team. Do you think first? Well, given that Pulisic was a regular at Dortmund, that he kind of expected to just walk into the Chelsea team, one that had a transfer ban as well. Or do you think that's just media rubbish? Like, in, in the sense that, like, he isn't that that egocentric to think that he'll just walk into any team, or at least Chelsea's team. Again, like like you said, it's, it's just media rubbish. And what, what uh, Lampard is trying to do is he's just trying to take away the attention from the media. You know, he's just trying to say this so that Media don't pounce on him and say, "Key, you know, he's he's not he's not good enough for the team. That's why he's not starting." You know, you know, you know how the media is. So 
I think what he's doing is not exactly targeting him. I mean, he knows he knows what kind of a talent he is, and that's why he's at least starting off the bench. He's not completely, you know, shadowed shadowed off the uh, starting level. He's at least starting off the bench and playing games, and he's given the chance. Not, not he's not starting games, but he's at least given a chance off the bench because he recognizes the talent. So I think. Uh, I said, yeah. No, no, go on. Yeah. I think he's just from the media by saying all these things, you know, because since he's English, he knows how to play these mind games with the English media, right? I've been reading about this whole police situation when they went for international break and even during international break you could see him being a little frustrated possibly also because of the fact that they lost a match the US lost him I I don't know again lost a match in the international break and he was subbed off when you when the coach said he was ill but he actually wasn't so stuff like that but do you think the, given his age like he's only 20 like we discussed that Lampard shouldn't be this tough and probably put an arm around his shoulder and say you know relax you'll get your chance don't think that like you're shunned out because these guys are doing well everyone gets their chance we're just trying to make sure that it when you get your chance you fire on all cylinders yeah so that's that's the reason why he started immediately after that uh, international break right i mean he didn't start he he, he came off the bench and i think uh, he was came on in the 64th minute which is pretty early for the game right usually he's he's on towards the end of the game and by that time he doesn't have much of a chance to prove himself i think he's he's just, he he's doing he is doing exactly like like what you said you know he's giving him a chance to to prove himself and slowly step giving him step by step he's not giving he's not giving him a start immediately right after the international break i think maybe maybe he might start the next game too because you know the last the last chance he got he actually proved himself he actually played a very good game and he he's he's got a lot of ice turned on him right now so it in a way he's actually doing that you know giving him uh, a kind of moral support and giving him a chance instead of just shunning him out completely so it's just completely fine whatever he's doing okay how long before we finally see him start regularly how according to you i'm not saying because you're not frank lampard so, but how long do you give it so previously he used to come on very very late on in the game right and uh, he used to get very limited amount of time to actually prove himself right now the last game immediately after that loss in his international break he's immediately given a chance to uh, come on and uh, show show what he's made of right so uh, if looking at how things are going i think it would take by by christmas he should start games i guess not that long to by a couple of games the he started 64th minute this game so around i guess two three games he should start start games okay. all right and of what you've seen him you feel quite excited about the player you have i mean he's he's talent is always exciting right so he's he's a bundle of talent and he's shown what he is made of he's he's shown what he can do in in just what uh, 30 minutes last game Yeah, I'm sure he can self if given the chance and I feel that chance is coming soon sooner than sooner than before. You know, I actually was surprised given that that he's been a more of a bench player substitute than a than a starter because I remember when he played against us in the Super Cup he was quite 
like he's yeah, always what and, i feel is like he's always been try- and i want to say that because even when we played borussia dortmund in pre-season friendlies he's always been the one that's either scored or like really been th- a threatening player on the pitch so yeah. it's surprising but it's understandable in a way and i i really forgot that he was only 20 so given that given that information it makes even more sense as to why uh, frank lampard's doing what he's doing see if 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 he was a academy graduate he'd be hyped around a lot given if the the way he played last season i mean sorry not last season the last game if he was an academy graduate he would have been hyped around a lot but since he's not there's not much hype around him and uh, looking at the hype around kalamats uh, adoy if if he doesn't start games as soon as he's back from injury the fans are going to turn on lampard like hell man i think i don't way, think so no one's turning on lampard that soon i'm mean, sure they they want hudson odoy to play but it and i i'm pretty sure frank lampard will also play him but i don't think they'll just turn on him if he doesn't play hudson uh, cho yeah, yeah so the thing is cho. because kalam asadano is like a fan favorite right now right so if he is not given enough chances i think sooner or later it might say it's, it's it's bound to happen but in a way both of them should start because you know mount is not a winger he's he's more of a central player if you seen whenever he's played central he's he's contributed more than how how much he's contributed when on the wing if if we have to play wings i feel both should start pulisic on the right and kalamatsarde on the left because they're both capable of playing on both both sides of the wing right so i think both can start but the time has not come yet that's what i feel so it's it's okay for them to be rotated it's okay for pulisic to be benched for now because in the beginning no one expected chelsea to do this well and right now they're doing so well so slowly that pressure of the whole team is just coming off and slowly pulisic is being given a chance I think sooner or later he's he's bound to start games. I mean, I I'd hope so. I'd love to see him play more because I think he's a very. I think he's a, he's a player even Liverpool wanted at one point of time. I think yeah. there was this season or the previous season. His he would have been a good attacking midfielder. I don't think on the wings because we our wings are pretty much full. But he would have been a good mid attacking midfield like an Alex, uh, Alex Oxley Chamberlain. plays on the might play on the wing but play central attacking midfield as well so it, yeah it's definitely interesting to see how what the future holds for christian pulisic whether he's going to be captain america that we know which is like the strong muscled superhero or he's going to be the pre captain america with that little scrawny little dude who goes into a chamber and i feel, i feel he'll actually be a proper captain america because he he might not be a complete flop because there is he he's shown a fight he's shown some fight and he's shown some promise but then be negative but even even when sala started games off the bench he also did show promise but he didn't work out for chelsea right so i don't know what to expect from pulisic he's talent but i i, I hope we use the talent well and you know i hope he doesn't uh, get shunned out of the team and forced out of the team like how other talents uh, turned out to be well let's not let's hope at least from a chelsea's fan uh, fans perspective let's hope that he is in one of those famous chelsea rejects that everyone keeps talking yeah, about yeah so i just hope it goes well for us because uh, after after lukaku after de bruyne and after sala i think we we might have learned a lesson or two so i feel it it goes well you know so, 
All right, man. So thanks again for being a part of the podcast. I think that's all the time we have for this episode today. We'll definitely have you on for further Chelsea episodes in the near future. So probably if uh, probably a Champions League episode because everyone's excited to see how how Chelsea is going to do in the Champions League with a completely unexperienced squad. Exactly. Yeah, we'll definitely do. I I think the first one was like when you guys lost to Valencia, and I really didn't want to put up. Then I want to see. I think I, I think one round one once the first round, not like the group stage, but the first round of the group stage gets over, maybe it'll be a better time to do. Then yeah. you'll get give a proper analysis of everything. Exactly. So I think that'll be a good time to catch up with Chelsea fans, you and others, hopefully soon. So thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget to leave a like, drop in a comment, share with friends and family and for football's sake, subscribe to the channel. We are now on seven podcast platforms including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor and the rest, I guess. And yeah, so until next time, this is episode 13, part one. Catch up with part two, which will be coming up next. See you.